jump on the steam train. We real estate disruptors. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today, we have my good friend Michael Delpreet with Azria, uh, the largest RIA in the country. And uh, Michael is another operator in Phoenix, Arizona. He's going to be talking about his journey to starting and wholesaling to running the largest RIA in the country. If this is your first time tuning in, I am Steve Trang, sales trainer. Every month, we help hundreds of people buy more houses at deeper margins. If you want to join us on our training calls, DM me the word sales on Instagram. I am on a mission to create 100 millionaires, and the information on this podcast alone is enough to help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. If you'll take consistent action, I promise you, you will become one. This show is brought to you by our sister company, InvestorLift. Get access to over 2 million cash buyers across the country. Go to InvestorLift.com. Put in disruptors to get 10% off. And if you get value today, please tag a friend below. Share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. And don't forget, we do have part in the disruption tomorrow. And this is a live show, so please ask your questions for Michael to answer. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready, man. Let's do All it. All right. So first question, softball, Let's is what got you into real estate? Um, got me into real estate. Man, well, I'll, I'll say like a lot of people, I was watching HGTV, right? Working nine to five, trying to figure out, th- you know, what to do. You know, you know, you were, I knew I wasn't, I was in a place where I didn't want to be, right? Work, you know, working the job. Uh, I had a young family. I had my wife. My son was like one or two years old. And I was like got to be a better way mm-hmm. right so what were you doing i was working verizon wireless customer service customer service in, out here in chandler so the one you were taking the calls when people were complaining probably <laughs> i was very i was pretty good i liked it there man i was like i could compliment i compliment verizon man i enjoyed the workplace but you know having to check out every five seconds you gotta go to the bathroom hey man you went over three minutes this week like i just it mm-hmm. wasn't in my blood that to handle that so um, we're yeah, thinking man. about setting a timer for people to go on the bathroom breaks. You, you, you don't think that'd be good you know, for morale? You gotta watch Josh, man. <laughs> Josh does take long bathroom breaks. All right, so you're working at Verizon, yep. working customer service, and you're thinking to yourself, this is not the life for me. Correct. But you're watching HGTV. Which we love, right? Which we love. <laughs> a little less than yeah. accurate. I've, I've learned that. Right. <laughs> the hard way. So when... <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, when did you decide to take the jump? Um, literally, I, you know, I pinch myself every day, man. Um, I was, you know, I found a guy on the internet. He had a hundred free videos on how to wholesale houses. Um, so, you know, and when I found that, I just watched them all mm-hmm. and then I applied them. Right. So I like, I, I don't know. I just go back a little bit to, to where that came from was, uh, my friend was flipping houses in the boom. He was making a hundred grand, 50 grand. So this is like what, six, five, six, mm-hmm. whatever. And I would just do in the trenches work for him, just side jobs. So, I, so while I was working at Verizon Wireless during the water cooler talk, people were like, yo, hotpads.com and all these websites, houses are 10 grand, 20 grand. So I'm like, something's weird here. So I got curious. So that, that's what made the change. So I got curious to figure out how do I get out of this situation? And mm-hmm. I just remembered my friend making all this money. So I was like, real estate, right? So mm-hmm. how do I do that? So that led to me finding a gentleman that had 100 free YouTube videos online, which at that time, as you probably know, it was pay to play. Right. Mm-hmm. It was big courses, binders, CDs, all that stuff. So um, that worked for me because I didn't have a big budget, the money to spend to get into the business. And I didn't know how to get in the business. So I watched the videos and applied those videos. Uh, That's how you feel comfortable asking who that was? Tyrone Taylor, Junkman, out in Alabama, Birmingham, yeah. Alabama. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's awesome, right? So yeah. uh, because he was putting on that free content. Correct. It helped you take the leap. Yes. So uh, when was it that you took the leap exactly? 2009. 2009. So. Yeah. Um, you were watching your friend kill it during the boom. Correct. And then you decided to wait until things got really hard. 
Well, there was no decision. It's just how it played out. I had no idea what I was in or what was going on. Yeah. So yes, pretty much. Okay. But good. But was it hard? Was it really hard? Uh, if you found the deal, it was really easy. If you found the motivated seller, it was really easy so if you, at that time. If you did the right strategy at the mm -hmm. right with the, where the market is at, you'll be mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. I just so, fell into it. <laughs> so tell me about your first deal. First deal. So, so I started applying the videos, right? So what do we put out those mini billboards bandit signs we all love those right those yeah. are huge back then um so cypress gardens 69th avenue indian school big apartment complex or condo owned yeah. complex a gentleman called me said hey i got to sell my house um i need to move to kentucky because my mother's ill can you buy this sure yeah let me set the appointment go check it out um so i went to that house and i offered them twelve thousand dollars Right. So now think about that time. So anyone that was in the business in 2009, 2010, I'm dealing, I'm competing with auction, foreclosures, cookie cutter homes, 2000 built or newer. So anyone that's like moving a lot of deals, they don't even care about the Maryville, South Phoenix section of, Phoenix, uh, of town, especially a 2-1 condo <laughs> to, to top it off. Anything 2-1 just wasn't flying. Mm -hmm. So it was a really, but I didn't know, I didn't know that. So I um, got to the situation where we got it under contract. And the key there was he, he needed to sell. He didn't want to sell. So that's the key thing where I think a lot of people get mixed up on. So he had to move. He had to go to Kentucky. So that's how I got the contract. And the way I sold that deal, once again, was back on the Internet. I found this lady out in Tampa, the other guru city, and she was just like, just send a letter to everyone in the complex and say you have a property you want to sell. I was like, oh, good, good point. So sat there, pen, paper. Wrote 200 letters. My phone started blowing up. So got the calls coming in. The first call, hey, I want to know if Jared O'Connell has called you. And I don't even know why. I was like, who's this? What are you talking about? She's like, I run the HOA, and we're on a race to go buy the most condos in this complex. And I want to beat him. I want this deal. So I was like, oh, let's, all right, great. Yeah. <laughs> so we met and invited her to the property. And then the tough part there was I didn't know this. So we're all three of us owner myself and the potential buyer are in this room and she's like mike so you only want eighteen thousand? so i threw five on it because what was the uh <laughs> steve got jokes so um i threw five on it because anything i read in the internet was 30 days make five grand yeah so that was my whole there's no comping there was no thought behind it it was just threw 5k on it she's like you only want 5k so when you hear that that's another thing right oh shoot left money on the table left money on the table but then, then the hard part for me at that time was the owner looked at me and goes, Mike, but you're only giving me 12. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know what to say. I was like, that's just how it goes, man. <laughs> 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 but he didn't care because, once again, he needed to leave. Right. Right. So that was the key. Um, but, yeah, that was my first deal, man. How long did it take from when you contracted with him to you sold it to that uh, HOA person? 45 days. 45 days. Yep. Which... You know, I know it could take long, usually takes longer or you never know, man. I, you know, it the fact that you hand wrote 200 letters, I mean, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned in passing that Tampa is the other guru capital. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I heard that they were at that time the capital. And then as, I think, I think Sean Terry at some point kind of like pushed that mantle over here. Yeah. I, I bet he did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that was your first deal. Yeah. Sound like it was pretty seamless. Very. Okay. Well, wait, wait, wait. I, uh, I downloaded the contract. 
the assignment, whatever, um, on the internet, whatever. I don't think it was from, it wasn't from that YouTube or anything like that. Um, so in that conversation, you know, usually buyer pays all closing costs. The buyer goes, so Mike, you're paying title insurance? Yep. Of course. You know, yeah. <laughs> That's how I roll. <laughs> That's how we do it, man. Just get this deal done. So I lost at the time, what, seven, 800 bucks, you know, right. at that Unnecessary time. fees. So that was my, my tuition. Partially. There you go. There you go. I mean, it worked. I mean, you still came out positive. Yeah. 100%. And the seller was taken care of. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, so what what happened after that? So driving for dollars. Mm-hmm. That's so to go into my second deal. I just kept going, right? I was like, yeah. I didn't even know if this was real. I remember asking Tyrone. I had him on the phone one day. I was like, Is this real, man? He's like, Yep, real. <laughs> He's like, low key. And I was like, All right. So I'm driving for dollars, Central Phoenix, Seventh Street, and Northern area. Uh, found the ugliest house in, in on the block. Um, overpaid for it, right? Same thing, driving for dollars, county records, handwrite the letter, send it, hope and pray that the owner calls you. And then luckily I got called and negotiated deals and lock it up for 90K, figure now, right? So um, locked it up, and I was just shopping it. Once again, bandit signs, whatever I can do. And then, uh, yeah, man, on that deal, so a gentleman called me. I had Google Voice, Craigslist, the whole, whole nine going. I got a call. I was on my 15-minute break at Verizon checking my voicemails, right? And and the uh, guy goes, hey, I, I like this property over here. I'd like to check it out. Give me a call. Here's my name. Here's my number. And in my head, I'm like, I know this person. I know th- his name and voice. So I was like, let me call. It must be him. So it was I knew this person from high school. I was like, he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to wholesale. He, I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I've been wholesaling for five years. I was like, ah, okay. He's like, come down to the office. And let's chop it up and see what's up. Yeah. So went to the office, end of the day, you know, we got to know each other, hit it off because we knew each other in the past. Um, and when he invited me to the office, he said, bring all your leads that told you no. Why do you want those, man? Like, yeah. They told me no, right? Mm-hmm. So, so what happened there, right? So he, he could see the invisible, right? So if I was to go to your job, your place of business, your work, and I was just told you train me today, you're going to go. I know exactly the hurdles you're going to have, all the issues and problems. So he knew that. So he told me to bring all the dead leads. So what did I, what was he thinking? Going to close those deals. He's going to close them, right? Because I comped it wrong, evaluated it wrong, didn't find the pain points properly, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, so within four months, I had uh, three closed deals and it like, was like 15, 20 grand in my bank account. Yeah. So he just had my first deal under my belt. Then because I leveraged a mentor, uh, business partner turned into a business partner. Um, I had, you know, 15, 20 grand. I'm working at Verizon Wireless. Like, it takes me like two, three months to make this mm-hmm. at the time, right? So I'm like, what am I even doing here? So I got really excited. So it was real. That kind of goes into the, like the leveraging, right? So after speaking with that person, it was like he had the five years of knowledge and experience. But my background before Verizon was selling, selling concert tickets. I used to bring hip-hop concerts to Phoenix. So I was able to put people in a room, make my phone ring. So I made the phone ring, and he converted the deals. So traffic times conversion equals mm-hmm. revenue right yeah. so that's and we hit it off so that was my first my second deal led into like five deals which led into 30 deals in my first year because i joint ventured with uh the gentleman and we just hit it off and we just hit the ground running so there's a couple of things here uh first you were doing this while you were working your full-time job correct so um how did you make that work and that might sound like a really Ridiculous question, but there are people yeah. that struggle with this. So how did you make that work? One, um, 
So if, so I had my wife and my son. He was young at the time. So support. Everyone needs to be on board. Everyone in your family needs to understand what you're doing. That's the number one key, right? That's hard to do something if no one supports you, right? So my wife supported me in that. Um, so that's one. And then you just make it happen, mm-hmm. right? It's like you want it or you don't. Like I don't, I don't have the best answer. So I'll, my shift was from 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. And my days off were Sunday and Wednesday. It's a weird schedule, right? So I had to wake up at 6, 5, 6 in the morning, get on the computer, figure it out, get my marketing going, go and drive for dollars, whatever it is I had to do. I did that till 11 then you got to get ready for work, lunch, blah, 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 you know, drive an hour away. Right. So that was just, just, that's what I had. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you had, I had to want it. Anything you had to do to get your wife on board? Nope. Uh, what about quitting it? Like when was the right time to quit? Cause I think that's another part. Uh, yeah. Part, right. If someone's doing this and making it work, they're like, when's the right time to, you know, just bounce. So for my situation, I, I knew I had the support at a business partner, Right. We had deals under our belt. We had deals in the pipeline. So I would say along those lines, right, is, you, is if, if you did it the way I did it, I was, I was building my security blanket as I go. So mm-hmm. it literally took me six months to quit my job with yeah. a partner. So I had the partner. We had marketing out. We had deals clowing, closing. Um, and I had the support. It just, it just made it happen. How long was it from when you started till you closed your first deal? Well, or found your first deal. Well, the first deal, that was 45 days. So no, from when you say, I'm going to start wholesaling. Oh, the to, research and development kind of phase. Of yeah. My, you're, yeah. You're checking out what, what you're going to do, how you're going to accomplish it. Man. Uh, bandit science, YouTube videos. I like, literally jumped in, man. It, yeah. it, maybe. So if you want to say from when I started marking was 45 days. So the research, maybe a month. Okay. Like, I, I went so, right in. So you're more uh, action oriented. 100%. Okay. And then uh, we were kind of laughing about the... Um, the the HGTVs has a little a little less yeah. realistic. So, so you so you found out found that out the hard way. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just not. It is what it is, right? It, well, one, we're talking about buying, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you got to know how to buy the property correctly. So if you don't, that just there is, says it all. But there's this things contractors, right? They disappear. I, I, <laughs> that seems to be a theme for everyone on the show. Like the yeah. contractor just kind of disappears yeah so that that's still a, a learning curve to this day right yeah. like just getting the right people on the team to get the project done so i get it you know um you know anyway so yeah i don't know where you want to go with it but the contract well, i would say the lessons learned that were, were different than what you expected the, the money yeah. <laughs> sometimes right so if there's those mistakes or um there's just so many things that can cause lag time in, in a deal those hard money payments add up every month two thousand dollars a month adds up quickly right if someone's late on a project that builds up you know your your expenses man yeah. just last project we just did um whole new electrical panel permits like no another month right you know so it's yeah. aggravating right because like that permit shouldn't take that long but it does it does yeah what are you gonna do right i mean he's got to roll with you it. gotta hurry up and wait buying right again right so yeah if you, do the best you can to get that margin in there, protect yourself. So what was your first major challenge or struggle in your journey? First major, I would say, man, um, I had it pretty good going, going in the beginning, man. So my first challenge, um, I would probably say when I broke away from that partnership, like that was, that was the biggest, biggest hurdle, man, because you're going the one with your friend from high school. Correct. 
Yeah, because you're going into a whole new realm, right? So you start the business off with a partner. You always have someone to lean on. You're at a bigger level doing more deals. And then now you're just going to a whole separate by yourself, mm-hmm. no team, solo. And now you're just like, dude. And then there's like legal issues that were there and battles and attorneys. So it's really. It's part of the, the, the separation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that hits you in the mind, man. Right. That takes sure. a lot of energy out of you just for, for your family and your day-to-day basis. And just having that always working on that. You're cutting checks to the attorney. <laughs> My attorney takes this out. He goes, once you pay, hire an attorney, you lose. So if yeah. your attorney tells you that, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't no, that's a, uh, I mean, the, the, it's an old joke, but it's still true. Yeah, is man. that in every lawsuit, the attorneys are the ones that win. Yeah, man. It's unfortunate. Yeah. That was a hurdle. <laughs> that was a hurdle. Uh, how was it like, once you get, well, you're saying it, it gets in your head. Anything you do specifically to get past that? I think it's thinking of the future, right? Like if you just dwell on the past and you sit there and you think about what happened. And of course, strategy wise, you got to think about what's going on. You got to understand the situation. But like if you just dwell on it. That's where you're going to get caught up. And then when you have a uh, past, you're thinking about the past and then you start getting those low feelings and you didn't, you don't take action and then your self-confidence goes down and you just go down this spiral. Yeah. So you got to just think of the future. How am I going to get out of this? Who can help me? What am I going to do when this is done? And then, yeah. Cause it can very quickly turn into a vicious cycle. Oh, terrible. Yeah. Um, so you parted ways. Correct. And then what was it like after you parted ways? Well, that, that situation's kind of lingered around. <laughs> we'll go deep into that. So, um, I was solo, man. I just did it back to square one. When did you go back to square one? It was at two years. So I did that. That relationship was for two years. Mm-hmm. And then I went solo and did it. Jumped right back in by myself. Got it. Okay. So um, I guess one of the things that um, I know about you is that you leverage other people's money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're really good at leveraging other people's money. I think one of the things that comes up a lot is like, how do I get private capital? Okay. And maybe even right now, because capital might be a little more tighter these days. I've mm-hmm. noticed some of these hard money lenders are raising the interest rates or raising how much you need to put down. They're lowering their ARVs. Mm-hmm. So how, what did you do or what have you done to raise private capital? Well, when I don't talk to those people, <laughs> <laughs> the hard money lenders. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. well, you do, but like, you know, for raising money, right. Other people. Mm-hmm. So before I even, raised money i w- i got my first two rental properties off of a cash buyer so i was able to bring deals to somebody where he was buying a lot of deals from me and it came to a point where he just uh, by grace of god man this guy was like you want to own this property like i'm like what the heck like i sold you the deal and then he gave me um the opportunity to become part owner of the deal so that that's how I really got into it. So it was actually got my first rentals leveraging a buyer, bringing me in on the deal because he was, I don't know why, like, mm-hmm. like me or whatever it was, man. So we got paid to wholesale it. Then he fixed it up. He did everything, got it rented. I got a portion of the rents and ownership in the property. And then, um, that's how it started. So it actually started leveraging people to get rentals was just off of people, not even my money. Yeah. And then what did you do after that to, uh, raise private capital? I would say influencers. So I would not social media influencer, just like community influencers, hairstylists, barbershops, attorneys, 
whoever has some type of influence over a group of people, right? So that was always a key for me. That's how I raised my first $50,000 when my wife and I went to hair salon. So at the hair salon, you know, she, she's always paying attention to the conversation. So uh, uh, one of her clients was like, hey, my, my husband's sick of the stock market. He's looking for alternatives. Like, talk to Mike. Mm-hmm. So just because that relation, I walked in that door. I wasn't there 50 or 30 minutes. Um, I raised 50 grand and he didn't even know the address. All right. You know, so he like when we were going, that's why I said I don't talk to those people because he, it was, it was me. He, he believed in the relate, my wife, myself, he believed in us and our character and was willing to, to lend the money. So it wasn't nothing to do with, uh, ARVs and comps and any of that. So right. I focus on people that have influence on people. And I also say educate to dominate. Uh, so when you're talking about focusing on the influencers, mm-hmm. what, what actions are you taking? What word tracks are you using to, when you're, when you're speaking with them? So have you ever, Jay Massey, you gotta give this credit. Have you ever considered getting involved in real estate investing? Mm-hmm. Simple question. Yep. You, everyone has an answer. Yes or no. Right. And then you just engage from there. Whether it's no, why not? Mm-hmm. Yes. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And just keep going. Keep the right. flow. And then the flow here is educate to dominate. So then you have to invite them somewhere to where you can show your expertise. Yeah. And so you, I don't know if you're still doing this, but mm-hmm. I, I've noticed in the past, like you have like a monthly cash flow game. Yeah. You still do it? We just kicked it back up at Azria. Okay. Three months ago. Yeah, man. So explain to me the idea behind the the cash flow game. The idea, so check out Robert Kiyosaki. Obviously, he invented the board game. Um, it's basically uh, a simulator for real estate and stocks. Mm-hmm. So it's real life on a board game. So he would say in Monopoly, you, you're trying to bankrupt your friends. So, yeah. right, trying to win, right? Which yeah. is fine. So, but you don't want to bankrupt your friends. Wealth is a team sport, as we know. So, and I've learned that the longer I'm in the business. And um, it's about getting on the board game, going through your daily life obstacles mm-hmm. with the paycheck, and, and you get a job, right? Like janitor, pilot, whatever it is. And you just got to get your income from your assets above your expenses of that job that you get. Right. Right. So, and you just go through the moment and you get the, deal cards. So you get the opportunity to pull deals right? you got to make a decision. So the, the first three times you play, you will act as you do in normal life. Mm-hmm. Right. And you just sit there and you click paycheck and nothing happens for two hours. <laughs> two hours. Well, it, well, we, it could go longer, but yeah. we put a cap on it. Right. Yeah. But, but I'm just saying, so it, it helps you stretch. All right. There's a foreclosure. I have an opportunity to do it. Well, I don't have a good enough paycheck. Well, what about this player over here? Do they have money? Can you do a deal with them? Can you do some type of transaction there? What about this player? You know, whatever it is, it gets you thinking. So it's a good uh, simulator. Right. Um, and uh, what you talking about educate the dominate, right? So yeah. you, you invite them in, play cash flow. Correct. You're shifting their mindset on mm-hmm. money. Yep. And what happens after that? Well, what first happens is you start getting aha moments. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you, can, you, you can buy a house from foreclosure or from a divorce. Right. Like mm-hmm. people don't stuff like that. We t- might take for granted. Right. For all these pain points where we, sure. we market to where the average person is just like, no, I never heard of that before. So it's opening up their eyes. So who are they in front of when they when they get that aha moment? Who gave that? Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, OK, boom. So any way I can get someone to have an aha moment with real estate to help their life is, is the way to educate Dominic. So you invite them to the game. They see the aha moments. They see the possibilities in their life that they never thought about. 
And then you just encourage, encourage them to take action on that and show them how you can help them. Mm-hmm. And it usually leads into something. So then what kind of like, um, uh, is there a pitch? Is there the offer? Like, you know, here's what we do or like what kind of direction you go after all that. So, so not at Ezria, but like when I used to do it, um, so it would basically like, Hey, you see all those cards, the foreclosures, the divorces, borrowing money. That's my phone, man. Like mm-hmm. I I'm in this business full time. You might be part time right now or excuse me, working full time, but that's my, I'm those cards. So if you want more access to those cards, let's sit down and do it. Invite them to an, another kind of sit down. And then what I would do there is what we call investor identity interview. So what, who are you? Like, like I don't want to borrow money from anybody that's good that I can't help. Right. Yeah. To, I got to be able to, my real estate project needs to help you get your goals. Right. So, um, yeah, that, that's it. So just sit down and see if there's a fit. So there's a consultation, mm-hmm. find out what their objectives are. Very business-like. Yes. See, I don't even throw that right. I don't mm-hmm. even talk. Well, you wouldn't yeah, use those words. Yeah, yeah, yeah of but, course. That's but it's I... a consultation, right? Figure out yeah, whether, of course. what their goals are. Mm-hmm. And then from there, figure out whether you can help them achieve their goals. 100%. Simple yeah. as that. I love that. And then the, the, uh, the cash flow game. I haven't played the adult version. This might sound really embarrassing. You played the kids version? Uh, but I, <laughs> My kids have the kids version. Oh, okay, okay. And they'll actually break it out and play it for fun. Like it's I love awesome, it. brilliant, right? So that's like great. that's my retirement plan, yeah. right? So it's 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 uh, I'm I'm really hopeful with that one. Yes, yes. Uh, if you had to estimate, you know, um, as far as private capital, uh, do you have like a, a ballpark of how much a- you have access to at the moment? Um, I would say I I don't know. I have a lot of relationships, man. So it really just. I would say I've been lucky with a smaller group of people doing a lot of deals. Mm-hmm. So to put, I guess, in, and it also depends on those people when you call them, where are they at in their life at that time? Right. Right. So can I say millions, no, hundred thousand? I don't know, man. So um, got to pick up the phone. And then do you have a, as like a, a Burr model where you're borrowing from them and then doing a cash at refi or is this forever you're paying them on the, on the, on the loan? So being into deals and doing a lot of marketing, I would say comes to the top of what's in, what's in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Right. So like we've recently bought rentals, wholesale deals, two flips going on. So it's like where, what's the project. Yeah. Right. And what, so did that investor, when I did the consultation, they want lumps of cash and want fast cash. So those people get the fix and flips or the wholesales, right. The turns. So if someone's looking for long-term IRA, 401k, whatever it is, you know, bring them the rentals. So it just depends as the flow comes in. And, and again, what their goals are. Exactly. Yeah. Goals that. Um, yeah. I, I'm curious because like uh, John Burley is a mutual friend. Yep. Right. Someone I met through Azria. Yep. And um, his model is basically raising private equity like having a private equity fund. Mm-hmm. He's just raising all these, all this money and he's just doing deals with their, with their capital. And he doesn't have to find any more money. He has to find deals right now because he has access to so much capital. Yeah, man. He's great. It's a crazy, really crazy model. Yep. Um, and then somewhere along the way you started a call center. Yeah. Yeah. That what, like how did that happen? There's a longer story, but like to go into like the leverage kind of thing. So as, as I was doing deals, and this was probably, I want to say 2017. So I was at a, I was at a point where direct mail, as you may know, you walk into a homeowner's house, like (laughs) 
it was like a rainbow of color paper, right? Uh-huh. So it's just like it was ridiculous. So I remember, you know, spending a couple grand and getting a couple deals, right? Like it's, that time was just gone. So I was at a. I miss po- those days. <laughs> we all do, man. Um, so I was at a point where it was just like, I got to do something different. I got to be curious again, right? You know, I was getting a little comfortable, you know. So um, come along, a uh, gentleman I know you know well, Carlos and Sal, right? Mm-hmm. And these guys were. And Jared, like I would say, those guys are the pioneers in skip tracing and call center stuff like that. Um, which thank you very much. Um, watching Carlos's IG lives, uh, mm. for sure. So, um, I just dived in, man, and I got curious. So, once again, always just like networking and building relationships. I had a buddy call me and say, Hey, hey, Mike, what are you doing these days? Just catching up. I was like, Told him what I'm trying to do. So, skip tracing, call center, got away from direct mail, all that stuff. Um, and he's like, cool, well, you know, our buddy Scott, someone I knew from, again, back in the day, but didn't really keep in touch with, he's like, he does calls, like, he runs call centers, man. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, put us in together. So I started hiring Scott for call center work for me. I didn't mm-hmm. do the Philippines or anything like that. So, because he was outsourcing to Mexico. All right. So he had, that's where all his relationships were. So started talking to Scott and we started working together. I was hiring his services and I saw what he was doing. He was taking American companies to Mexico. And he was playing the margin. So that's what we do in wholesale. Right. Right. Just arbitrage. We're just arbitraging both of us. So we were like, so we just got to know each other really well. Same values, kicked it off. And he was like, uh, we started talking, let's do this together. Mm -hmm. Right. Let's build up agents. Let's start offering agent services, real estate investors and agents and all that stuff. So we started doing that and started growing our reps, our agents, our representatives at the call center by leveraging other call centers out there. So that's, and then we got, in turn, we got up to 10, 15 at a time, like agents calling for our business. Mm -hmm. So that was just snowballing going well. And uh, just, you know, being in it, man, swinging the bat, he had an opportunity from his relationships to start a call center, like not leverage and go out and uh, outsource it to get our own building and our own company name, our own representatives. So yeah, man. So we just leveraged. The real estate investor services, mm-hmm. as well as small business. We were doing like pest control, roofing, setting appointments. And it's it was just high turn rate, right? Because yeah. inexperienced business people, like they're just new. They didn't see the value in me giving you free appointments to go provide your service. So it was kind of frustrating and a lot of turnover. So when you're hiring someone in Mexico to give them a full-time job, and then the real estate investor quits their service, and then you're like, oh, this person went out of job. It's kind of it's not cool, you know? So um, we just took it more serious, and we started getting... Um, legitimate like anchor clients corporations um and that's how we led to 300 got it yeah so you were saying you were leveraging the other companies down there i mean were these companies you were just raiding and pillaging or like (laughs) no 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 um no pillaging man (laughs) um no once again god's relationship he had a buddy that had a an office it was Mm -hmm. probably like it was like a boiler room man like 15 people are in packed downstairs but it was what we could afford yeah. And he would do, uh, the gentleman down there would do all the hiring and firing and training for us and, um, and keep the room filled and we would keep the business. He'd keep the reps. And it was kind of, once again, just leveraging everyone's, you know, resources. This is totally off topic. Um, Go for it. but, um, you know, we were having our mentorship call, uh, the other day mm-hmm. and the guy was talking about how, uh, some of the VA agencies, virtual okay. agencies, right. They, their training that they have for their salespeople. Okay. 
he was uh, talking to one of them. He's like, yeah, how do you train your VA? He's like, oh, we just put them in a room, put them in a room, put them in a room, and make them watch Boiler Room. Oh. I was like, oh. That's intense. <laughs> That's one way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to train them in sales. Wow. Very fascinating. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I forgot to bring up here. So, like, there was a time... Back in the day, uh, Max and I, we sold you a deal. Yeah, that's true. Right, We're like, hey, we got this property. Uh, who do we know uh, that would be willing to buy a fiveplex? And I look back, and I shared with you. Like, I look back, it's like, man, we shouldn't have sold that to Mike. That was a mistake. Nah. But you said, no, it was not as big a mistake as you thought it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that goes back to, right, like relationship building, right, networking. We sat down at Starbucks down the street somewhere, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I over on Broadway. Yeah. Years like taking notes. I'm like, man, this guy's like really <laughs> I was what's he doing? So uh yeah, and I think you were just like got this deal. Well, that was a time where we needed that? capital more than we needed cash flow. Got it. Right. Got it. So it was like, you know, looking back, like you wish you'd keep it, but you'd mentioned, you know, like there there was a lot of uh work that had to go oh, into that one. If you want to okay, that's a good one for HGTV. So yeah. um bought that property. Good. Now I'm feeling really bad about myself. Yeah. Continue. Oh, I'm gonna make it even worse right now. So so <laughs> So we bought that property, yeah. literally drove it sight unseen. And I was like, trying to negotiate you. And you're like, no. I was like, Shh. yeah, there was not <laughs> a lot of negotiation. No negotiation from Steve whatsoever. <laughs> so I paid what you wanted, um, bought it sight unseen. All right, cool. All month to month, all that stuff. Great. So I get in it, take it down. We buy it. One, I walk in the backyard. There's literally like 75 tires under a tree that I didn't see. And that's a whole nother ball game when it comes mm -hmm. to the, you know, well, it's recyclable. It's fine. Yeah, it's recyclable. Not, not where I went. So, um, long story short, all tenants stop. No rent, right? Okay. Um, Thirty-day notices, waiting it out, hard money kicking in, right? No one's paying. Thirty five days, everybody. Mm -hmm. We have leases. What are you talking about? No, month to month, you don't have nothing. Let me see them. No one shows nothing. So five day, go to court. They come to court, and they're like. We have leases, and they all pulled out one-year leases, mm -hmm. all four of them out of the five. And they're like, "We're here." And I'm like, "I'm looking at the papers." I'm like, telling the judge, "I'm like, these are fake. No way." He's like, "That's another case." I'm like, "Right?" He's yeah. Like, he's like, "I'll do something for you. Did you guys bring rent?" No. <laughs> he's like, "Gotta go." <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. so he didn't bring rent. So, so the uh, judge helped you. Yeah, I would say if he, I maybe he was gonna ask anyways, but yeah. like. He was like, yeah, where's rent? Pay it, you know? And like, mm -hmm. oh, we don't have it. All right. Then they're like, all right, we'll leave, we'll leave, you know? So it took another two weeks to get them out. And yeah, man, there's all tweakers in there, man. So they re they were stealing electricity. Mm -hmm. They were stealing cable and internet. They were borrowing. Bar borrow, I guess. Well, very talented. <laughs> I, I'm like, can't get a job. Or it's like, you know, so anyways, they're stealing. So they were they were mad, man. They, they, had, they were very comfortable. So it was really hard to get them out. They redid like all the gas lines. All new gas lines. So you got free labor out of it. Yeah. Not the labor I was hoping for, <laughs> but yeah. You so you had to undo all that mess? All of it. So how, what, what would you estimate, if you recall, you had, you had to put into the property just to get it rentable? Well, here's what I, we ended up doing. Um, I started getting bids on that. So budget-wise, everything, um, it was going to be around 150, 200 grand. Really? Yeah. Ooh. It, it was, but what we did was, because we bought it right, mm -hmm. and the market was on our side a little bit. It wasn't as hot back then. It was kind of getting there. Well, um, yeah, we flipped it again. You flipped it? Yep. All right. And you came out positive. Came out positive. Okay, so I don't feel terrible. Yeah, yeah, don't feel right. bad, man. 
I was no. a little upset about the uh, the leases when they brought the leases. I was like, damn, Steve. You know, but no. But that's hey, just, we gave you what we had. Yeah, as is, right? <laughs> as is where it is. But yeah. um, estoppels, fill them out. Estoppel certificates. There you go. Yeah. Um, we actually had to, for the first time ever, I had to fill one out. Um, okay. Right? Because, like, the, the owner of this building oh. uh, sold. And they're mm-hmm. like, you guys need to notif- uh, uh, get this notarized. Like, I don't have time Yeah. to get this notarized. Oh, like, notarized. Wow. Right, so I had to get a notarized uh, estoppel certificate. So you know, walked over to yep. the title companies right over here. But uh, that was kind of a um, yes. You learn things as you go. Some things you just don't find in a book, man. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then you also recently partnered up, or not partnered up, but you recently took over uh, the largest RIA in the country. Yes. Sir. So that's not a small feat. No, no. Um, it's very yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a big project, man. Uh, very exciting project. Uh, and that just kind of goes into everything I was doing, man. Um, yeah, I just took that over within a year. And uh, you did it in the most interesting of times. Yeah. Right? Very, very. I can uh, say that. Because um, I remember, like, there was, I want to say, it was it, it was either the March, it was probably like the March oh, yeah. uh, event, March of 2020. It was around there, February or March. And we're looking around, it's like, uh, no one's coming. Like, yeah, this is a very slow event. Yeah, what is happening? And then obviously we went through COVID, but th- this is around the time when you were looking at, it, or mm-hmm. actually, you know, I'm assuming here. Tell me about that journey and talking to Alan and figuring out how to work, uh, get involved with Azria. Yeah, so with Alan, founder of Azria, um, ran it successfully for 20 years. Man, um, super sharp guy, very sharp, and he can see right through you. Yeah, yep. Uh, he he's businessman yeah. so um so it actually happened like after covid mm-hmm. you know so he had brought it up to me years in advance because i was always i've always been a part of Ezria, always in the community well, you always ran the uh, phoenix real estate club no no I, well the beginners group and i would teach like raising capital creative yeah. deal structures i would teach all those classes so because well, I, I would always see you at like haves and wants right i was, I was doing business man yeah i know <laughs> yeah right that's so, why i was there i didn't yeah. host it but okay. alan always hosted hosted that i do now so yeah. Um, yeah, man. So it happened after COVID. Um, so Alan brought to me in the past and then, you know, after COVID, we started talking about it, just how can I be involved more? And he, he, he had a wealth plan, right? He created a plan and he executed it. So he was at the point where he's divesting and this is one of the projects. Yep. So he's thought I was a good fit. So he looked at you as someone like, man, this guy would be a good person that, uh, pass the, what's the word I'm looking for? Is it yeah, pass the torch. Baton? Pass the torch. There you, oh, go. There you yeah. go. Thank you. So passing <laughs> the torch for uh, taking over the yeah. Ria. Now, you know, brag a little bit about about Azria. Like, all right. Why, yeah. why Azria? Like, why, why is this a worthwhile endeavor for you? All right, because your members of Azria are not customers. They're members, mm-hmm. right? They're number one. There is no Azria without members, right? So that's how it's always been treated. And I think that's why it's been open for 20 years, whereas you see a lot of events and a lot of uh, groups and whatever. We're not even a group. I don't even like to consider us that we're an organization yeah. that they come and go. We found out every 12 to 18 months, someone starts up and they're gone. You know, mm-hmm. so like even during COVID, like we're always there for you. So that's what I mean. Like COVID, we had our property manager, property manager, us, uh, business associates. We had Mark Zimmon from Zona Law giving us moratorium updates every month. Like we didn't disappear when things got hard. So um, that's what we're proud of. I feel like, you know, we, we represent you and we're there 
for you through your whole real estate investing career. So um, you can count on us. One of my biggest regrets uh, in, in the real estate business was I remember still going to an Azure event, mm -hmm. the annual event, right? Okay. November, I want to say 2007. Okay. Wow. Right. And I remember, I remember going old, when I, huh? You're old. I am old. <laughs> right. I remember going to the event and looking around. I was like, what is this place? What are these guys talking about? Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I'd read, you know, rich dad, poor dad. I uh, understood that to some degree. Um, and I was recently licensed and I'm, I'm out there looking for investors cause right now, <laughs> okay. We need investor buyers, right? So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm walking around. I'm looking at like these hard money lenders, right? I, it was like a three-letter company, like AVG or what is it? Um, I don't remember. But they were like 18% interest. Oh. And I yeah. was thinking to myself, like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's a credit card interest rate. Like, why that's would huge. anyone ever borrow at 18%, right? And then this is also the same time where you can buy these houses in Maryville for 30, 35 grand. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if I would have just not been so hung up with my old limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. right? Like the uh, paradigm that I had in my head back then and just borrowed at 18%. I would have cash flowed from day one in Maryvale. Oh, easy. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. There was so much opportunity out there instead of borrowing at 18% and, and gobbling up all those properties. Mm -hmm. I was instead helping other people buy those properties just right? making your money. as a realtor, mm -hmm. making like, you know, 800 bucks here and there. Oh, that's true. As a realtor, that's the, yeah. Yeah. Not a wow. good business decision. But yeah. like I said, you know, like uh, one of my uh, business regrets. Okay. So like, I think, you know, this incredible value that Azure provides and, you know, if you'll seek it and take advantage of it. Just like being curious, getting out there, shaking hands, meeting people. You never know who's in that room, right? Like there's people that are just getting started and you'll talk to someone that owns 500 houses. It's like, and they're, not, they're not out there boasting. But I would say a lot of our members love to help each other and help each other grow and, and do deals. Man, that's what that's what we're you get there and go 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 there and do deals, man. That's what we do. Support, education, everything. And then um so before we jump into the questions, um, you know, we do get people that are curious, finding out, you know, what is that we offer exactly. So right. um, you know, we do have our event coming up, but instead of telling you guys about it, show you guys a quick video. His sales training is unbelievable, right? There is other sales training in theory. Going through this stuff with how he breaks down his business is, this is like invaluable because um, there's no other way to get this type of like, this type of access with someone who's such an open book about every little thing that is completely applicable to my business. Anyone who wants to bring that business to the next level, anyone who wants to close 30, 40, 50% more of the deals, uh, I mean, there's no one who wouldn't benefit from being better at sales. Uh, I mean, anyone in real estate, anyone, I mean, anyone that has a, any entrepreneur that has a business, um, not all the information may be presented to you, but time management, um, knowing how to work with people, having sales skills, because I think we're all in sales and marketing, and it could pertain to anybody, honestly. I would have to say it's asking questions. That's the biggest thing. You don't want to give an answer right away. And if you're able to uh, answer their question with another question, and also that along the process, it's going to be very uncomfortable talking to the sellers, asking the questions that you need to and digging for pain. But that's going to come with experience. So, um, If you're struggling, I think this is David that you need to come to to make sure that you take your business to the next level.
question <laughs> so glad you asked. His sales. Okay, so uh, the first question we got is from uh, Instagram. Catherine Olivia wants to know, what is the best way to convey trust to real estate agents when you're turning up to pitch in person? So I'm guessing if you show up to an appointment and the seller is there with a realtor, how do you convey trust? How do you convey trust? So we, you go up to an appointment, you go and talk to a seller, and there's an agent there. Mm-hmm. I don't think there is, no, you don't convey, you just be yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so who cares? That they, I used to be, okay, hard money, cash buyers, agents, I used to be nervous when I first started. Like, oh my God, they know so much more than me, and you get all these thoughts in your head, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just go there and do what you're supposed to do. I'm here yeah. to make an offer. I'm here to buy a house. You yeah. want to sell? I want to buy. <laughs> and that's simple. That's, that's the truth, right? Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'll just add to it is uh, anytime you have someone who is the authority mm-hmm. figure, right? Mm-hmm. I learned this uh, back in my realtor days is that you want to ask that other person who's there to protect that client, right? Okay. What's important to you? What mm-hmm. do you need mm-hmm. to see so that you feel comfortable that, you know, you're taking care of this person? So just Huge, great question. Just great one answer. one part in there, so now they feel important. We we've taken care of their ego, and now we could just deal with focus on the prospect. Cool. Same thing. We we're talking about the interview with the raising money, right? What do you want? What do you want? Yeah, you're just trying to see what they're trying to achieve here. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Great one, Steve. And then on YouTube, we got Gamer Chris. Uh, what's the best real estate wholesaling program you can buy today? Really putting you on the spot in this one here. Well, all right, real estate wholesaling. Well, do I have to? Can I say my own? You can absolutely no, say your own. That is Rhea. We have a wholesaling class that we're bringing in back in the fall. And we also have a program called the Deal Finders Club. So you can, it comes with a wholesale, 12-week wholesale course. Plus you get two mentors, Marcus Maloney and I. So, um, of course, that one. But I would say um, the best one, man, I really haven't bought any recent recent courses. But yeah. there's a lot of great people out there, man. John Terry's, the, the all-in guys, yourself, mm. like, a lot of great there's a lot there's a, it's there's all the information is great it's just you got to do it that's yeah. the key like it's all the same i'm not saying it's all the same but it's pretty much same underlying same, principles similar, same principles you might resonate with the speaker better than others but uh just go grab one and get it yep and then <laughs> carlos balzan this is a question for me why do we do lives at this time i need to work because i need to not work after <laughs> hours <laughs> i got awesome. kids that uh, I need to spend time with. So that's the reason yeah. why I apologize, uh, Carlos. Um, Ingrid uh, on YouTube, uh, you compensate the influencers that bring you private money lenders. So when I would say it's not, comp- no. So when I'm raising money, I don't know the rules, but I don't like give people money for bringing me money kind of thing. So, um, but it's more of a long, those influencers are long-term relationships. So there's other things that you do, whether it's event tickets, dinners, showing appreciation. So it's, it's that human connection, just things you would do for a friend uh, kind of relationships or pro- send them business to their place of business or, right. you know, recommend them. So it's just a mutual. Be a good referral partner. Yep. Simple as that. Yeah. Uh, another question from Ingrid is, uh, are teenagers allowed to go play cash flow? She is in Phoenix. Oh, so, yeah, of course. Yeah, Her 15 year old is great at the junior cash flow game. Let's do it. Bring them. It's a family thing, right? Like I said, it's, it's for our members and their kids. We we want to help the the kids, 
yeah, I was I didn't learn none of this till I was thirty. You know what I mean? So it's like the like your your kids, bring Ingrid, bring your kids. Yeah, we'll help them. We'll teach them. Um, Robert Kiyosaki offered ten thousand board games to the state of Arizona, and they declined it. Really? Yeah. That's shocking. So who knows? That was a long time ago. Um, but help I'm kids. supposed to be having dinner with him. Um, oh, someone was uh, inviting me. He's like, you want you want to go? I was like, go. uh. Yes. Yeah, of course. I'll like, be there. I didn't want to sound too eager. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. Like, ah, you know, let me check my calendar, make sure, you know, I Go have time. It. I have an opening. That's huge, man. Congratulations. <laughs> um, and then, uh, Grant on YouTube wants to know, uh, how has your wholesale dispo strategy changed over the past couple of months? Well, uh, buyers, one thing I, I mean, Jack Martin told me this, um, buyers go through cycles, right? So it's not, you're always looking for the buyer, right? Yes. You can get a group of, hot buyers. Remember, there's some that buy one house a year. There's some people that buy 10 a month, right? So I think it's a constant thing. You're always building. You're not just, you're always adapting to, right? So hedge funds are here. Mm -hmm. I buyers are here, more corporate situations, of course. So uh, we're going to go to them. They pay more money, right? So it's being in the trenches and knowing who's there buying and just linking up with them. Um, Going into if whatever's happening now and all these changes, I would say, I think it's more important than ever because the buyers are going to change right now. A whole new breed of buyers. Oh, it changed. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it changing, changed. It's changed. So there's going to be a more educated, savvy investor that's coming in town. And you want to be in front of those people as they come in. So I would just say get aggressive on uh, looking at closed transactions and building your relationships, coming down to the RIA and um, seeing who's out there buying now. Because the opportunity challenge buyers that we had for the last two years aren't aren't going to be around. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like. Uh, I saw this in a Facebook group. Um, they were surveying their their buyers, like, "Hey, you know, like, wh- how were you figuring out your calculations when you were buying from us for the last year?" Mm-hmm. And they said, "Well, if we can make a thousand dollars on a flip, we're good because every indicator is that we've got mass appreciation, and I don't need to base yeah. it off of today math. I can base it off tomorrow math, and like that works until it doesn't." And it works until yeah, and you're you're gonna get bit, man. Yeah, yeah, and and we know people, right? We have mutual friends that are dealing with it right now, and I know I've left so much money on the table, right? Because I didn't want to buy deals mm-hmm. that didn't make sense. Yeah. So we've lost all sorts of deals, but I'm sleeping pretty good right now. Yeah, you're not stuck with yeah the hot potato, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot there, man. I and got... that's like the 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 thing I took right from 2007, like the you know the mixed blessing curse whatever is like starting in the worst possible time mm, yeah right got a lot of scar tissue to to, to work through oh, scars we got them yeah <laughs> um so uh manny wants to know what are you what are you doing personally to mitigate or operate during this recession paying attention educating myself i'm always educating to what's going on and paying attention to what's going on what are other investors doing um, but I'm still out there, right? I, I think it just goes but back, always back to the fundamentals and buying right. I, I know I keep saying it, man, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's why you're sleeping well at night, right? Yeah. So just taking it day by day, looking at the deals that come through, understanding who you are as an investor, right? So um, I don't know the level of the audience or whatever it is, but like if you're a landlord, stick to landlording, understand what your what your risk level is and what you're comfortable doing and stick to your numbers, right? Yeah. Don't test it out and... So I would just say, stick to your numbers. By well, and it also helps that we have a mutual friend in Tina Tambor. Yes. 
Yes, Tina's <laughs> wonderful. Uh, very thankful. She does uh, a few times a year. She graces our stage at Ria mm-hmm. and gives a, a in-depth uh, market update. And she is kind enough to even make it adapt to real estate investors. Yeah, and so she was on. Helpful. She was here uh, a week and a half ago. I watched. Yeah. Yep. You know what she said before the show? What'd she say? So Josh was talking to her. I was like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever makes sense for you come on real estate this route. She says, I don't think Steve remembers who I am. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, she's great. She's awesome. Um, and then Ingrid wants to know, does Asria teach creative finance? Yes, we do. Yes, we have. Anything you need as a real estate investor, we have, some of these classes might go in rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we just did a revamp on our website. So a lot of these, all these classes are recorded also. So they'll also be uh, online as well for our members. Okay, so she happens to, I know, uh, be really adept at Ingrid, uh, at, at uh, Creative Finance. Mm-hmm. Is there uh, an opportunity for her to be a part of that community, to lead that community? Reach out. Starts with relationship, getting to know each other and see if we're a fit. Same thing with raising money. Do we fit? Do we align? Can we help? Can you help the members yeah. properly? Right? Let's reach out. And awesome. um, what if someone wants to reach out to you, how would they do that? Um Obviously, Ezria.org, you could reach us through the front desk. Uh, myself, Instagram, at Michael Del Preet, um, at Ezria, uh, underscore Ria. Um, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, name it. Yeah. I saw a page that he gave out his phone number. I don't think I have to. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, and then Justin says, uh, Justin Chester says that cash flow Saturdays are fun. Awesome. Thank you, Justin. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Um, all right, so we got a couple other questions here, but uh, let's see what else do we want to talk about. Um, Tell me, man. What? So we talk about you know how you're how you're mitigating, right? How you're operating, mm-hmm. you're staying educated. So like, what do you make of right now? I think you know, Open Door. Like T- Tina kind of said, there's like Open Door and Zillow had like a race, who can lose more money? Got it. Right, and Open Door won. Got it. Got it. What do you make of them having like eight percent of the active listings? Um, what do I make of that? You know don't really have a, a opinion on it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like in a different world, right? Like, so they have all these listings. I look at it as um, if things are changing, they overpaid. So they probably bought wrong. So there might be opportunity as a wholesaler investor to maybe get some discounts. Right. Um, I think they're going to be selling to some fun as some sort of large, you know, tape of all the properties. That could be true. Um, so we had a different conversation with another investor yesterday and here was the question, right? Like, are they still going to be here next year? And the the over under is they will not be here next year, right? The over under, and so the question then is, with how bad they performed, okay, could they raise enough money to get back? And the answer yesterday in that conversation was like, if they can raise enough money to get back after how crappily they've done, we need to learn from that guy on mm. how to raise money. Yeah, <laughs> like that is the best guy yeah. at raising money. So, so going back to John Burley. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the ins and outs of their background, but it's a stock play. Mm-hmm. But they may have lost in real estate, but they probably made money on the stocks. Oh, yeah. No, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you, but so can the they founders, raise money? The founders have done very yeah. well, yeah. right? I mean, they're sleeping on, on, on a bed of money, right? Like, they're doing fine. Maybe gold, right? But talking about <laughs> yeah, as far as the sure. shareholders, Got right? It. I mean, their stocks went from like $33 to like 4 Yeah, it is scary, man. Yeah. Like, Not a stock I, guy. I wish I, I wish I shorted that. Um <laughs> So uh, for uh, Susie on YouTube, as someone outside of Arizona, do you offer virtual meetings or events? Yes, we do. Um, we do not another lunch and learn every Wednesday at 12 o'clock, which we just did in your back office. Um, so that's online. Like I said, um, 
our training classes that we host, we do offer those online as well. Just depends per class. Um, and I would, I want to know, you know, if she wants to, is she investing in Arizona? Right. So, mm-hmm. um, we're working on getting our monthly meeting hybrid and stuff like that. So, yeah. You know, one thing that, uh, uh Alan brought up, you know, it's just, I, I noticed is a source of irritation for him okay. is that, uh, Azria is not allowed to win two years in a row. Right, they have to alternate, so they only win every other year. And win at the national. Yeah. Okay, got it. At the national, like best re in the country, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to win two years in a row, so he has to win it every other year. Got it. Yes. Why does Azria win? Why do we win? Great question. And we won most innovative Rhea this mm-hmm. year. So, um, yeah. So why why do we win? I think it goes back to just serving people and going back to the members, mm-hmm. right? I think we always have. Same answer, man. You can't go wrong if you take care of people, right? So I think with the we're always innovated on marketing ideas. Uh, we're always on ahead of the curve when it comes. It's the market update. That's a big piece of it too. So as an investor, as agents, you have everywhere to go to get a market update. But as an investor, uh, you can come to our meetings and you could pivot and change your business off of that one slideshow that we give. And so you have in depth insight to to move your business properly. So. I think that the market update is key and the relationships that you build with the people around you that you continue to keep for five, 10, 20 years and you do deals with your whole career. Uh, so I think it's the members, the relationships and the market update are, are key. And then uh, Steve Estrada, I think you paid him on Instagram. It says, oh, Michael is a beast. I've seen his deals <laughs> and his operations is real smooth. So whatever you paid him, it was worth it. Thank you, Steve. Whoever you are, I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, so... I know you mentioned in the beginning, like, you know, you, you realized that the Verizon 9 to 5 was not for you. Correct. What drives you today? What drives me today? I don't want to be broke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's simple as that. But right? you could have, yeah. if, if not being broke was the answer, you could have stopped a while ago. No, well, okay. All right. There you go. So I was never big, like, on the whole why thing. It's you know, Of course, it's my family, right? Like, so mm-hmm. it always leads back to freedom, family, all that stuff, like, I, you know, my age, I'm there, you know, you start thinking about retirement, right? So like, I don't want to be hunting down deals when I'm older, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, um, I think that's key. I just want to have a comfortable future with my family, do what I want, when I want, wherever I want kind of thing. So yeah. I want to continue that. Yeah. It just goes back to freedom, man. You know, and I like, I think business is like a competition, man. It's fun. It is fun. You know, uh, what is your biggest struggle right now? Biggest struggle right now? Well, um, I would say... You know, it's, it's, I want the challenges, you know, taking over the RIA. Like, so I slowed down on my real estate business for a few months, right? So I'm building back my team back up. We're building as RIA back up. So I think just the energy and time, getting the right pe- people on these new businesses, getting the right people in place to help and support. So I think it's just going through that, that phase right now. And how, uh, what are you doing to help you with that? Like, is there a who? Is there a book? Is there some sort of resource? That's helping you kind of navigate this transition and managing multiple projects at the same time. People, man, my wife on the team, my partner, Scott, Molly, uh, Paul, Marcus, like every, every, it's, it's, I wouldn't say there's a book. Man. I'm always listening to podcasts. Like I, I just go, there's like this motivation thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I don't have any book that I'm reading or anything like that. I just keep that right mindset. I know it needs to be done and what I have to do. So I just kind of flow with it, man. Yeah. I wouldn't say I've got that magic book for you. So besides this podcast, like what is a great podcast? A great podcast. Well, we have that as Rhea show. That's always mm-hmm. great. So um, outside of this podcast, I would listen to 
Dave Massey had a good pod. Cash Flow Diaries was awesome. Yep. He's bringing that back as well. So, cool. Um, and then, how do you measure success? Progress. Is there always progress? Am I always moving forward? Am I achieving what I want or what I, you know, strived out to get? Is that happening? Right. So, um, as long as I keep seeing, like, uh, our goal was 100 events this year. We did 90 in the first six months. Did we just really? Yeah. 100% man. So wow. we're going to on pace it too. I didn't, I just had messed up in my mind, I guess, but like, yeah, man. So I I'm checking things off. Like I'm saying, wow, we did that. We, everything we say we're going to do, we do. So that that's just, it's that's good. incredible. Yeah. And what is your superpower? Superpower. I knew you're going to ask that. Let's see. So I, Hey man, I'm keep it simple. I think I'm just who I am. You could trust me, man. I hate, mm-hmm. I don't like when people say you, you trust me. I could do not that. Like, I just show up, do what I say I'm going to do, and we get business done. We have a good time, good relationship. And yeah. I think people pick up on that, and they could see that. So, um, You I get think, things done, you have fun doing it. Yeah, man. And just be myself, and people likable maybe. I don't know what it is, but uh, it works. So maybe that's my superpower. It definitely works, right? <laughs> I got here. Ooh. <laughs> uh, what is the greatest lesson you've learned? Greatest lesson. Okay, I, I got a little story if I got sure. time about that. So um, back when I owned the, uh, the hair salon, so didn't know this, gentleman that was cutting hair in her salon was actually Dean Graziosi's hairstylist. Years. So, and I didn't know this. One time my wife was like, yeah, he came in and got you this book. He signed it for you. I was like, do you know what that is? Like, that's like the biggest educator in the world, right? Yeah. So, um, so I, was, I was like, cool. Well, he's going to my hair salon. And I had my office in the back of the hair salon, like, uh, Better call Saul, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so anyway, so I was like, no, let me get on the books and I'm going to find out when his next appointment is and I'm going to wait. I'm going to introduce myself, right? So I didn't know what to say uh, or you know, what do you say? I don't know, right? I don't, his time, his haircut, so I ain't going to bother him. So I waited till he, he, he left. So he, so he came outside and I'm like, yo, Dean, what's up, man? Mike, I kind of do what you do. You know what I mean? I want to be like where you're going. It was kind of, I don't even know what I fumbled and said because I knew he used to sell cars wholesale educator so i'm wholesaling i want to educate people so i was like how'd you do it man you know and he's standing there i was like he just i guess is it style said he just bought a range rover pearl white 100 grand range rover he's standing right there and i'm like how'd you do it man and i'm in my head where i'm at in my life i'm like he's gonna tell me everything right now he's got on my salon give me the secret give me the secret the scrolls are gonna drop down i'm gonna know it he goes mike keep at it but i gotta go <laughs> so in my world from being the concert business, I was like, we call that Hollywood talk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 good, good, let's do this, you're great, let's move on, right? And nothing ever happens. So right. I was like, where I was at, at the space I was in, I was like, man, forget that guy, dude. Like, what the heck? He bad mm-hmm. it? What the heck's that? So, anyways, fast forward three, four years. This is a while back. I'm in my office, had a string of luck, closed some deals, made some good checks. I'm just in my office, just, just reminiscing. You just sit there, you're stuck in your office sometimes. I'm like. Wow, that was pretty good. I went through a lot to get that. And I started thinking about like the battles, the scars, the good times, the bad times. And I'm, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, wow, man, I went through a lot. And then Dean popped in my head. He bad it, Mike. Mm-hmm. Like, shoot, he's right, man. Like yeah. he bad it. Like, that's all I did. Like, I, I don't have all the great answers. Like I just kept going, kept taking action, licked my wounds, kept going and, uh, kept at it, man. So, Thank you, Dean Graziosi. Greatest advice I ever got. 
you know, we reached out to him from to come on to the show. All right. And he said, I won't come on to the show until you have 500 five-star reviews. I think kind of to your point, mm -hmm. like until you've shown me that you've done it, right, then at that point, like you're, you're, you've been at it yeah. consistently for some time, then at that point, I'll come on to the show. I think at this point, we're at like 600 five-star reviews. So whoever told out. me that, I need to go check my Reach out. text messages. There you go. Right. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that that's the greatest lesson, but you've yeah. had it. It really is the truth, right? Like whoever's yeah. the most consistent over a long period of time is going to be the one that makes it. And, and like when you're, when you're at it like that, opportunity just in a way falls on your lap, right? Like, cause you're just working, you're more, more failures and successes day after day, day after day. One day you're like, oh shoot, mm -hmm. wow, how'd that happen? Like, yeah. how'd I get this call center? Oh, then we, all the rentals we bought with the call center, sold a few, bought Ezria. Like, no, no money out of pocket. Like, mm -hmm. just leveraging. Like, right. you know, just kept at it, man, and just things kept working. That's awesome. Uh, what is your favorite, best, or most interesting failure? Most interesting failure? Man, Steve, you got some... Man, it's kind of like a most interesting failure. I would probably say... <laughs> not getting uh, title insurance. On a quick claim. <laughs> As a person that owns yeah. a title company, I would love to hear more about this. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, still working on it. Uh, you know, so basically, I don't. It's it's just uh, why'd you have to ask that question, man? So <laughs> this is all the juice comes out on the disruptors. Yeah. Um, so basically, bought a property from a wholesaler. Um, they had bought it, turned it into a rental. And after they turned it into rental, they refied it to the burr, right? So in my head, right? But they did a refi. Yeah. So at some it. point, so at some point, they got title insurance. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Twice. Well, okay. no, 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 no. Sorry. Purchase title insurance, renovate it, refi, lender gets title. Mm -hmm. However, but there's two searches there in my head. Yeah. Um, person was in a situation where they're like, hey, I need cash. Will you take this property? Gave the cash, right? It was a deal, right? Um, got the cash, and then said, quick claim, man. Just went through two. There is that risk, that month and a half or whatever, anything mm -hmm. in the world could happen. Yeah. There was a risk there. But so anyways, I take it over, keep it, whatever, refinance it again, get my own, you know, whole situation. Get your cash out. Yep. Um, there you go. Then another Another title process, but I don't get title insurance on that. I didn't even talk about that. Lender did, though. Um, tenant calls property manager. Hey, uh, I got a foreclosure notice. Property manager calls me. Check my mortgage. Auto pays on. Everything's good. What's going on? Um, long story short, property manager looked up, went to tax lien sale. I found this out on Thursday night. It happened on a Monday. It sold. So, sold at the, at the tax lien sale now, right? Yeah. So, still own it, but there's redemption. I was going to say, you get a redemption period. So, got the redemption period. Now, it's like, you know, there's a lot more to it, man. <laughs> you know, so. but well, You I, got some I, time. I, <laughs> if you want to share some painful lessons. you want to share some painful, deep, uh, deep painful yeah. lessons. So, so, no, it's to tell people, right? So, title insurance, you got to get that, right? So, I'm doing my research, talking to the, the original title company the gentleman went to, through, and they're like, or we did the quick claim. 
So I did it. I didn't go downtown or anything like that type mm-hmm. of thing. So I went through a title company due to quick claim. Like, oh, guess what we found? We found a, a title policy. So, whew, right? So now I'm like, cool, I'm good. Don't know yet. But I still have a, now, once again, attorney on retainer now, mm-hmm. doing the research, filing a motion to stop anything that, from happening so we can do the redemption period or whatever and just kind of work through everything. Now I got to look into the uh, title policy and call. And he's like, well, I don't see any signatures on here or the right signatures. There's a missing blank. So you just got to verify it's a legit, it was done correctly. So mm-hmm. it's not, I'm not out of it. Right. But so basically everything um, the title insurance policy would do, I would technically I may have to pay an attorney to do. Yeah. Okay. So now that's going on. So now what else is going on here? Right. I got a, a mortgage. So I can call maybe the lender. Hey, you guys want to jump in, use your policy. They're about to take the house. That's an option. Um, but, you know, when you talk to an attorney, scare the hell out of you, right? But they're just telling you what they know. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at your note. You're personally liable. So if the bank doesn't want to help you, well, guess what? You have no house and you got a loan to pay back. Personally liable. Or that's what... Hey man, I'm in this now. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, so I'm, I'm basically. He just said, even though it's a DSCR loan, that's why I'm, I'm, I got to cross reference all this. Like, I feel like hiring an attorney to <laughs> check on the attorney, right? Like, so. Um, that's when you got serious problems. Yeah, <laughs> we don't go that. So, but no, that's but you know, you know, there's trust there, but you know, so he's saying. Oh, it's not a trust issue. I'm just saying know, when you have to hire an attorney to verify the attorney, it's like you got these are deep issues. These are not like shallow. Like, oh, this is what you do, and it's done. That's what I'm looking for. But this remember, is, this is, these are valuable, life-changing lessons. Remember, two years in the business, being told in the middle of over $15,000 in fees being paid, uh, you lost. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you think what I'm going through now, like, mm-hmm. shoot, I don't believe anything this guy's saying or anybody. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, you know, anyway, so these are this, the angles of it, right, from it getting taken over to paying the bank back, maybe. I, that could be a worst-case scenario. Um, can I bring pay what was sold for at the auction and just get it back mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah. So there's positives and negatives, but I mean, that's probably the cheapest option is the redemption. Yeah. Probably the cheapest, but you know, the attorney goes, well, this is like an octopus. He's like, I see maybe some more that could come back. And I'm like, Oh, and he's a, he was kind of like, maybe we, do we even pay it back? Like, but I, I'm not getting, I'm hopeful here. Like, yeah. but anyways, so well, we're definitely gonna have to maybe, Get you know some closure on this. Yeah, uh, yeah. For on sure. IG Live in in a couple of months. You you let me know, man. Uh, Paul Lizarraga says thank you for the shout out. So awesome. Um, all right. Uh, before we wrap up, we've got a, a few quick announcements. Think about what you want to leave the listeners with, guys. If you got value today, please like, subscribe, share, comment, leave a five star review if you're listening to this on iTunes. We do have our live event again in a few weeks. So check that out, disruptors.com slash sales disruptors. We got part in the disruption tomorrow at 11.30 of my time, 2.30 Eastern. And next week, we got my good pal, Eric Brewer, uh, which I think is also really timely because he came up with the Brewer Method, which is all about novations, mm. which is probably really relevant in your business right now. You don't want to miss that. Uh, what are some last thoughts you want to leave everybody with? You know, let's keep it simple, man. Keep at it, right? Just... You know, about it. Check us hey, out. That was his advice. That's not your advice. Come on. Hey, why can't I share it? It was good advice. It worked for me. So, it worked for you. You know, so and me. Yeah, and you. There you go, man. So um stick with it. Stay in the game. Be smart. Get edu- educated. 
um, build relationships. Come check us out at Ezria. Um, we're here for you. We're here to help you uh, anywhere, no matter where you're at in your career. So uh, thank you, man. And thank you, Steve, for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. If someone wants to get a hold of you, again, the best way? Instagram, just social media is probably at Michael Del Preach. Check me out. There you go. Perfect. Thank you so thank much. You. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Thank y'all for watching. See y'all tomorrow for part of the description. Shout out to Steve Train. Jump on the Steve Train. We real estate disruptors.